0: Welcome to the Kickstart Garage, where we want to inspire and educate the leaders of tomorrow. Join us as we learn from the best in the business. Welcome back to the Kickstart Garage. I am your host, Gavin Quigley. On today's episode, I'm going to take you through my key takeaways from the Mind Management Programme for Confidence, Success and Happiness. That is The Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters. This is a book that was initially recommended on this podcast by Devin Hughes, the founder of Buy Me, the same day grocery delivery company. And, you know, I decided to to grab myself a copy and check it out, you know, seeing as I'd actually heard great things about the book. And I'd even heard that the author had been working with with Liverpool's football team and their mindset and and general mind management. And as a bit of a sucker for professional, personal development, psychology books, I would put this book up there with classics like How to Win Friends and Influence People Atomic habits uh, and think and grow rich. you know they'll focus on you know just prioritizing how you talk to yourself first and then focusing on how you communicate with other people. So let me give you some some further background on the author. Steve Peters is a, he's an English psychiatrist, so he works in elite sport. Probably best known for his work with bridge cycling. He's also published four different books, uh, Path Through the Jungle most recently in 2021, The Chimp Paradox, of course, this is back in 2012, "The My Hidden Chimp in 2018, and The Silent Guides also in 2018. So Peter's, he was born in Middlesbrough, in the UK, and he achieved eight ordinary levels and took four advanced level subjects in maths, physics, chemistry, and biology. He's actually the first pupil at his school to take four A-level subjects. Now, after leaving school, he went to Sterling uni to study maths. then he went to take a postgrad sort of uh, education at Sheffield University, so he gained a distinction in teaching practice there. He went on to teach mathematics for several years in secondary schools and colleges colleges um Peters he then re-entered university to study medicine at St. Mary's Medical School, which is part of the University of London and When he was there, he directed the medical school opera, believe it or not, and became president of London University Athletics. He represented london uni at the british university championships he, where he made the final in the 200 meters um, and after graduating then as a doctor he undertook multiple positions within hospitals institutions across the uk in disciplines of surgery medicine general practice various branches of psychiatry as well so he gained his membership exams for the royal college of psychiatrists and became a, a consultant psychiatrist within the national health service nhs where he worked for for two decades now during his time he was a clinical director of Bassett Law District General Hospital and he worked at the special hospital, hospital at Rampton working with, with patients with personality disorders. So during his time at, at university he gained a master's degree in medical a post-grad diploma in sports medicine and was awarded a doctorate in medicine. Now Peter set a precedent by being bestowed the Senate award for teaching excellence on two occasions. Still a unique achievement and Represented the uni at a meeting to celebrate teaching excellence at Downing Street. Peters set up the mentoring system for student support within the medical school and led on this for, for several years. In 2001, a former student, at Sheffield, recommended Peters to the British cycling team and he moved from part time to full time work with the team in 2005. Peters had been recognised by Olympus, Olympic cyclists uh, Sir Chris Hoy and Victoria Pendleton as having helped them in their careers. And Sir Dave Brailsford had described Peters as the best appointment I've ever made. So Peters stepped down from his role with British Cycling in April 2014. This was when Brailsford left his position as performance director. Peters has worked with the likes of Ronnie O'Sullivan since 2011, working with him when he won his fourth and fifth World Snooker Championships in 2012 and 2013. And O'Sullivan has acknowledged Peters' influence and help in his continued success. After the 2012 Olympics, Peters was appointed by UK Athletics to work with this country's high-performance athletes, sprinter Adam Gemma, who won gold at the 2014 European Athletics Championship in the 200 metres, and silver at the 2014 Commonwealth Games in 100 metres. Attributed his ability to perform under pressure major championships to his work with uh, our author today, Peters. In November 2012, Peters started to work with Liverpool Football Club that I mentioned. And in March 2014, he was recruited to help the England football team. So there's your introduction to Steve Peters, the uh, author of today's book. Let's jump into just a few of my key takeaways. I'm going to give you three in particular. Number one is understand how your mind works. So for some further context on the impact of the book and, you know, what impact they can have for you, the author's testimonials are pretty impressive. You know, uh, Stephen Jarrett attributes his best form at Liverpool and England to Professor Professor Peters. Uh, Dave Bresford, at Team Sky Cycling describes him as a genius. Ron, Ronnie Sullivan, who he mentioned, claims the t- techniques greatly improved his life. And deputy head teacher from Burgess Hill is quoted as saying, this book is inspirational and should be an essential component in every teacher's toolkit. So, important one for all you teachers out there. So, what's the big secret in the program for confidence, success, and happiness? You know, the author starts with a very easy to understand description of the psychological mind system part of the human brain. It's easy to get through. Peters does inevitably, for a consultant psychiatrist, point out that the whole thing is a lot more complex. (laughs) It can get hard to follow at times, especially if you aren't reading each chapter carefully. But in essence, Peters says, we can view the psychological mind as made up of three independent component parts we've got the chimp the emotional machine that responds very quickly to stimulus um, thinks independently of us and can trigger thoughts and feelings that can be either constructive or destructive then the human that rational analytical part of the brain that processes information in a considered factual way before eliciting action and then there's the computer as well where information includes including experiences and learned behaviors are stored for future reference. Now, the most important thing to understand for Peter is that our chimp is given to us. and It's like owning a dog, you know. You have to understand, learn how to best control it. Chimp is much, much quicker to receive and act on this information and stimuli than any human is going to be. And in somewhat of a paradox is that the chimp can be either your best friend or your absolute worst arch nemesis at times, depending on the situation. Your chimp will operate with this this jungle primitive mentality. It's going to rely on instincts, drives, quickly going into flight, fight, or freeze mode when sensing change or danger. Peters uses the example of going into a room full of strangers. You know? Some chimps will simply turn and flee, feeling threatened, insecure. Some will freeze, finding social interaction, difficult and causing high anxiety, was others will go into fight mode and seek to establish their presence with confidence. The trick here is to enable the human to step in, assess the situation calmly and factually to enable a more rational, appropriate course of action. So Peter's offers some ideas of how best to train your chimp. The most obvious one is through reward, so that when your chimp wants you to react in a dysfunctional way, you can guide it to be more productive with a positive reward. The example Peters gives is knowing your room is urgent, need of a redecoration, but there's an offer to socialize with a friend, the latter being the obvious lure for chimp behavior. The answer is to invite your friend around to help you paint your room, thereby achieving the human need while rewarding the chimp with the banana and inverted commas of having some fun and interaction with your friend at the same time. A simplistic example, obviously, but it, it does get the message across. Probably the most useful strategy in the book is the development of mindsets in your computer. Mindsets are wired into our brains by consistent repetition of positive behaviors called autopilots in the book or by negative messages, which he calls gremlins, and with a a form of a a reference set of default behaviors. So the best and most applicable example of this is the form of what Peters describes as the snow white mindset, which leads to the innocent passive victim at the hands of others, and circumstances, and completely devoid of all responsibility and accountability. This person will avoid accountability for decisions, they'll not accept responsibility for their own unhappiness, will view themselves as incapable of changing destiny, and will constantly express just how unfair everyone is through continual sighs and gestures. A typical response from a Snow White to a genuine question of what's wrong will be, oh, nothing, I shouldn't have to tell you. When challenged, Snow White will either become passively aggressive or react in a cold, angry, accusatory way. There will be many reading this this book, listening today, who will have encountered this mindset at work or in a relationship. So, what's the the solution? Well, Peter starts by encouraging us to understand how this mindset has formed uh, a historical embedding of, of Gremlins, series upon series of negative messages reinforcing low self worth and personal lack of control over events things are continually done to this person. And so the process needs to be reversed using human brain thinking so that Snow White that we're referring to here can see how he, she, they, how they can be presenting themselves to others and the impact of what they do is evident. It's about enabling the victim to see that actually they do have a choice about how they behave. And this can influence outcomes, but also that happiness is also a choice and and assertiveness, accepting responsibility are normal adult behaviors. The second key takeaway from the chimp paradox is learn how to be a great communicator. There are two competing forces in your brain, so learn to recognize them. One of the easiest ways for us to learn is through analogy. That's why when Steve replaced two complex sounding names for parts of our brain with simpler images, he made a brilliant move as a teacher. He describes our prefrontal cortex as the human part of our brain and our limbic system as our inner chimp. The human acts rationally, based on facts, but the chimp only decides using emotions. As you can imagine, this leads to problems whenever the two clash, or the wrong one ends up in charge. Let's say you got cut off in traffic and almost suffered a crash. You come home to your partner and share the disturbing event. Trying to calm you down, they tell you that, luckily, it all turned out fine. If you are still in chimp mode, you might take that as criticism and start an argument. Only if the human's in charge can you see this fact clearly calm down and move on without harping on the situation. Therefore, the the most important thing is to start observing your own state of mind. When you start stressing out, ask yourself, who's in charge here? Do I want to feel and act this way? Or is this the chimp taking over? Learning to observe this is the first big step in mastering your inner chimp. So we communicate in four distinct modes, which determines how to best say, what you want to say in the scenario above uh you know or the scenario i just mentioned your partner can't know what mental state you're in before making a comment it's hard to guess sometimes so it's normal that you'll often be wrong about others too as a result there are four communication scenarios you're using your human number one uh, and so is your conversation partner two you are in human mode but the person you're talking to is in their chimp mode Number three, you're in the chimp mode while the other person's human is in charge. And number four, which is the most uh, volatile situation, both of you are in chimp mode. That can be chaotic. So the first scenario there is ideal. Two and three are tough to figure out, but can be handled once you know what you're dealing with. It's that fourth scenario that it has to be avoided because it most often ends in an ugly, regrettable fight. Besides making an effort to recognize the modes of all participants, you should address problems immediately and directly. Explaining your reasoning in an assertive assertive but respectful manner is the best way to avoid emotional responses and bring back others to the rational plane of thinking. When you learn to harmonize your own mind, you are not only able to make better decisions and choose better paths for yourself, but you become easier to get along with. You become a voice of reason and you become a leader. The third and final key takeaway from the chimp paradox is find your balance. Happiness comes from fulfillment, and you cannot be fulfilled unless you are at peace with yourself. Since the proverbial chimp always wants more, it can become a fundamental obstacle to your long term happiness. This is something a lot of people struggle with, and we should celebrate and appreciate our achievements as they come. You know, personally, I always have goals, but when I achieve them, I tend to kind of gloss over. Move straight on to the next thing. You have so many things in your to-do list. You, you tend to, you know, neglect your wins, and you don't really take a break. You immediately jump into that the next challenge, which isn't healthy. It's also the chimp's sneakiest trick by always wanting more. He gets you to chase an illusionary, perfect state in which you can finally be happy or one hundred percent entirely fulfilled. But only once you have the next thing, of course, there's always a a next thing, you know, and the feeling of relief never actually comes. And this is how people end up winning winning things like, you know, Champions Leagues or Olympic gold medals without being really much happier after it. You know, there's that initial spike of endorphins and then they actually get depressed. So remember, your inner monkey will always dangle that next carrot, that next reward in front of you. Don't let it ruin your long-term happiness. When you achieve something you're proud of, take a break, celebrate learn to appreciate what you have. Okay, folks, we will wrap it up there. This book is ideal for anyone in their 20s, you know, whether you're in college, coming to the end of your education, traveling the world or working full-time, the lessons remain hugely impactful for us all. One, understand how your mind works. Two, learn to be a great communicator. And three, find your balance. So guys, I have been your host today, Gavin Quigley. You've been listening to the Kickstart Garage That's all for now, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Kickstart Garage. This show is for entertainment purposes only. This show is for entertainment purposes only. No one on the show has provided investment advice. The information provided by the Kickstart Garage podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The opinions and views expressed on the Kickstart Garage podcast or those of the participants do not reflect those of the host or sponsors. The Kickstart Garage, its producers, sponsors, hosts and guests shall not be liable for losses resulting from the investment decisions based upon the opinions or viewpoints presented on the Kickstart Garage.